Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. I'm Ricky Randazzo, and I'd like to introduce my band, The Flash. I've been trying to call you. It's Julie, our daughter. Max left her. What? You brought your guitar? Yeah, just the one. Oh, Mom, you're here. It's like the 80s all over again. Here we are. We just left the movies where we saw Ricky and the Flash. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm very sad. I mean, I really wanted to like it. O'Toole only likes to see things that she can speak really well of. And so when it ended, I did say to her, okay, this is your moment to come out of the closet of fabulousness and see if you're going to really tell the truth about it. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to, we're going to start this a little bit differently than we normally do. Okay. Okay. All right. Say one good thing about it. The music. What? The music. I loved Meryl's performing. Watching oh, her perform with Rick Springfield. Well, was already Springfield like a dream is unbelievable. Got to remember that he was he played Noah Drake on General Hospital. It's hard to forget. Uh, this is such an eighties. Okay, the way the guy moves on stage. I mean, frankly, I I would go into rock and roll and sing and put my hair in braids. All right, so that's your one good thing. My one good thing is the bartender. Okay, Ben Platt from Pitch Perfect Two. Oh, is that where he's yes, from? Okay, yes, yep. Ben Platt plays the bartender, and at one point, maybe a third into the movie, look for it. He dances in a circle behind the bar, and I want. <laughs> to get up and hug him because it was like finally there's something great here so i just want to say um this movie is not a good movie you know hollister i'm i'm tormented I over here under the crushing weight like of high expectations when i this saw, is not about high expectations this I, is about low performance please okay when the movie started with oh, the we opening <laughs> shot of meryl streep tapping her high-heeled boot I had a moment where I thought it's like Cher and her high heel coming out of the yellow cab and Moonstruck. This could be really good. And then when the title card came up in that awful red font that said Ricky and the Flash, you know I'm susceptible to bad fonts. And I thought, wait a minute, this movie might not be what I was expecting from the trailer. I thought it's such a good cast. It's Kevin Klein and Meryl Streep reunited since Sophie's Choice. It's got Audra McDonald, who won three Tonys before she turned 30. There's a cameo by Bill Irwin, for heaven's sakes. It's Meryl. It's her real-life daughter, Mamie Gummer. It's Rick Springfield. I'm going to say the weakest part of the movie was the script. Oh my Diablo God, was terrible. But she should have known that. Sorry. Yes. But the people mm -hmm. who are in this movie yes. should have known that. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I think she did it for her daughter. And I think, you know how you can overlook something? You keep saying, well, I can make it great. I can make it great. Mm -hmm. And you know what? She couldn't make it great. And the other thing is you can't stick a braid down the one side of her head the and make her a rocker. Was all her, wrong. you know. Well, it's not, it not just the hair. She's not a rocker. Not a but rocker. Meryl can really sing. Mike Nichols famously said that if she had, in quotes, just been a singer, she would have been just as famous. She had the same voice coach as Beverly Sills. She can definitely when I feel sing. Like blue, guitars coming through. 
What's your point? It was too overdone. Well, the she's not a rocker, and you can't take the girl from Greenwich and make her into a rocker by sticking a braid down one side of her head. You can't she do it. She played it too rough and tumble. In fact, yeah. in the first ten and minutes, her daughter of this movie, was way over the top. By the way, I'm sorry. I liked her acting, but they made no, it was it was like was an Olympics much. to see who could look the worst. Right. All these people who are famous for looking so good. Rick Springfield didn't even look good. But even when the band was playing, it was just a little awkward. Do you know what I mean? Like well, when, so when they were playing, you just a little, little disquieted. And even when she went up to play at the wedding, it took her too long to get to the stage. And by the time she got there, you're like, because you're so anxious because you know it's going to be a disaster. And I'm just saying they didn't. It wasn't edited well. The script was not the not natural. Was so weak. Oh, because let so me ask weak. you this: so weak, so weak. Why did they have to make her? And we've never said this many mean things in one thing, and we were only five minutes into this. And I just want to say: why did they have to make her an unsuccessful rocker? That took me by surprise. Oh, as opposed to a successful one. Yes, because oh. I think there was enough built-in conflict that you can choose between your musical career, which takes you on the road, and your family. And you know what? I'm sorry, I, you know, her daughter... Mamie Gummer. Ma I love Mamie her, Gummer. Her daughter, Mamie Gummer. I've seen her in other things. She but was in this one, she over the, she was wife. over the top. I don't think it was her acting. I think oh, it, it was, was the script. It was both. But there were such structural flaws. For example, if the whole premise of the movie, the whole inciting incident, is that Meryl Streep has to come back to deal with her grown adult daughter's heartbreak, that her husband has left her, if the daughter is supposed to be so depressed that she can't put on clothes or wash her hair before she goes into oh, a restaurant. Oh, and I never felt that way. I feel that way It was like time. a family <laughs> of enablers of bad behavior with like no restraints on this family. They just let each other be a train wreck. When Audra McDonald appears and makes them all French toast, it's such a lovey-dovey moment that I'm thinking, why didn't you just call Audra McDonald and have her come make French toast? And the well, daughter would have been just fine. We have to talk about Kevin Klein because didn't you think it reminded you of the way he danced at the end? Didn't it remind you of in and out um, when he played Howard point. Beckett okay very then point, Hunter, but I gotta tell you I wasn't even thinking of that because it was such a saccharine ending and I'm susceptible to dance numbers in movies but the musical arc alone oh, in this movie it was, was flawed it was the wrong song to play it was uh, the whole thing was wrong but, but he was a, like in terms of the musical arc why did they have to make her an unsuccessful singer an awkward singer, a singer with no fans, and then all of a sudden, not incoincidentally, if that's a word, she doesn't learn to love until Rick Springfield takes his shirt off in the movie, and then everything seems to be magically I fixed. I loved him when he started singing. Not. I didn't need him to take his shirt off. I'm just saying. Rick Springfield was one of the strongest things oh, about totally. the movie. The well, that and the bartender. The two, those yes. two people were the best people in the movie by far. You know, just this is a, just an aside, but I saw Rick Springfield perform live last summer, and it was one of those hot, humid Boston days where he comes out in his leather jacket and his jeans and his t-shirt and it must have been 95 degrees they were passing out free beverages so people just wouldn't pass out and he said wow it's a little warm up here on did stage under the lights beverage? you know i did not i, I, I yeah, you know I'm i should have yeah. he takes off his leather jacket and he goes you know it's still way too hot up here he took off his t-shirt and he was in such good shape that it was hilarious because the next act was Pat Benatar performing with her husband. And Pat Benatar's husband said, yeah, I'm not going to be taking off my shirt. <laughs> and Rick Springfield, um, he was talking about how he had just gotten his Medicare card. And I thought, how old is Rick Springfield? No, and he, well, he grew the beard. They wanted him to grow the beard because they didn't want him to appear to be root. Heaven forbid yeah. somebody in this movie not look anything less than <laughs> scruffy. These people well, looked more out of sorts than the people in Infinitely Polar Bear. 
Well, but I will say that, you know, that um, poor Kevin Klein, when he was being the dad or the ex-husband, he was right out of the Emperor's Club. So it's like he pulled all these, like, things he's already played and sort of jumbled them all up in together. He was very awkward in the kitchen. I don't know if you watched him move in the kitchen, but he didn't know what to do with his body. His he didn't know where to go. character didn't know what to do oh with himself. Oh, my God. What a milk-toast character. And also, you know? for sure, I thought he had cancer, which is why he had pot, which, you know, that, they didn't finish mm-hmm. that off. And then the stepmother shows up, and having been a stepmother twice, um, H1 and H2 both had children from prior marriages. Can I just tell you that um, H1 as in husband one, and H2 as in husband two? But anyway, moving right along, because this so isn't about did me. You thank make God. Your it's French toast. Of course I did, because I yes, did. because it's so much easier to be a stepmother, you know. <laughs> but here's the thing, you know. I, they should have known. I'm just shocked they didn't know better. They must Streep have known Streep should better. have known that, stri- that sure script was not right knew, for her. Because even in Devil Wears Prada, which I'm sure, you know, she based very, on yeah. a best-selling book, mm-hmm. apparently she gave such good notes to the scriptwriter, Aline Brosh McKenna, that they were all incorporated into the script. It made it an even stronger script. This script was saddled you know with what? exposition. I almost felt like she was trying to let her daughter shine and trying not no, to be. No, I think I she know. took it because she got to sing and be a rocker. No, she took it for her daughter. No, the daughter, I think, is doing just fine. She took it for her daughter. I don't think so. I do. No, I think then she should have taken a different project and been a better mother Maybe, if but... she was really choosing it for her daughter. Yeah. But what and also, the, the others... hair on the daughter when she came downstairs. The hair on everybody awful, was wrong. Awful, it was wrong awful. on Rick Springfield. It was mm-hmm. wrong on the daughter. It was too over the top. It was. Pretty house. Pretty house in Indianapolis. But an empty house. But pretty, a pretty house. I mean, I'm trying to say, all right... All right, so I started off with the question was the best thing, and I was going to just ask you what's the worst thing, but frankly, I think we've just been through them all, right? I mean, no, I could go on. Really? But, you know, okay, I mean, here's this something is not like you. I'm just going to say in my defense, this movie was directed your by, defense. by Jonathan Demme. Yeah, and your point? Guess what he directed? I don't know. Silence of the Lambs. And <gasps> I think this movie alone, Oh, my God, you're not allowed to even... Say, I know, the movie you are that not you allowed have to been s- begging me to watch, I get a buy now from okay, watching no, that movie. Excuse me, I've you are not allowed to speak about Silence of the Lambs when you won't see it. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs is directed brilliantly. So what happened to Mr. Demi? It was the script. But why did he agree to film it? Because maybe it looked better on paper, and with all those stars, I don't know. Well, anyway, Springfield said that he got a call, and he had been traveling a lot, and they said, we want you to fly to L.A., you know, Meryl Streep's doing a movie with Demi, and we want you to come and audition. He's like, he said, well, if they want me to fly all the way out there, that's probably, I'm probably last on the totem pole, so he said no. So really? then, yeah, and his agent called him back and said, get your ass on the plane and you'll be there tomorrow morning. And he said he went in and they had a whole band there. Wow. And they just asked him to play with the band and play with Meryl. And she was up there singing and playing and, you That's know, asking questions. made about, in yeah. Springfield heaven. Well, the, the best parts of the movie were when he was on the screen because you can't take your eyes off him when and he's performing. he was the most sincere. When oh they show God. up at the wedding, he says, whatever table we're at, that's the cool table. Mm-hmm. Rick Springfield was the heart of this movie. But it's interesting By the way, his character was also really great guy. He made his character yeah. a character and not a character. I mean, Rick Springfield is playing an aging rock star, but I'm sure you've heard um, two things about him in this movie. One, the guitar he used is the one he used to record Jesse's Girl. But two, way back when, because Rick Springfield has had, this must 
he must be a performer now going on maybe 50 years, close to 50 years. He was one of those people that had five albums before he really made it and became the huge 80s icon that he was. So he had been on shows like The Rockford Files. Of course, he's originally from Australia. When he was trying to get his movie career started, they offered him a small part in Apollo. And he turned it down to star in the movie Hard to Hold because in Hard to Hold, he was going to be the lead. We all remember Hard to Hold, He right? said it was the worst decision he ever well, made. Well, I don't even, you know, I never saw it, you know. You know, I might have been one of it the wasn't Apollo. It wasn't, that wasn't the movie, though. It was the right stuff. Oh, the right stuff. Was, I can't believe I'm. Oh my God! Thank God, Wait, the right stuff. Take also a moment. About... <laughs> ding, take ding, a ding, moment. Hollister has actually corrected <laughs> trivia I from O'Toole, which, and by I'm the way, has so never happened in the history of the world. It just goes to show how, much, right how much Ricky and the Flash and the crushing weight of my expectations has thrown me off my the other game. Thing is, you know, they didn't tie up loose ends. I don't know that her daughter was okay. They didn't tie it up. They didn't tie it up. They didn't tie it up. While I was watching Ricky and the Flash, I sat there trying to make the most of my time. And I thought, how? Can I just point out? I just want everybody to know. You can see O'Toole in the movie theater. Now that I've gone to enough movies, let me just tell you her pattern because I think it's fascinating. I do have an M.O. Okay, so she she rolls up her little bag of popcorn. Most people throw it away at the end of the movie because popcorn has to be fresher. It's terrible. But she rolls it up. I'm not sure it really starts out that fresh. And she puts it in her bag. I do. She stops all Food, drinks, whatever. She stops everything Total and just focus. sits totally still have to be for two walk. hours, which means that if you want to continue eating your popcorn, you have to sneak it in your mouth. <laughs> I didn't know you were showing me such consideration. That's because, so sweet, Hollister. Because you don't want to disturb her. But then it's like, maybe I'll just move over a chair. And I don't even room. want to infect my own okay. audio track. So if you see somebody sitting totally still in the movie theater, mm-hmm. it's so tall. That would be me. And FYI. I, yes, but I, I think thinking, you should thank me for being such a sensitive You are that, such yeah. a sensitive friend. And you got me the popcorn. And I, I, I would have, I if I had been hungry and upset while watching this movie, that would have really sent me over well, the Well, you know, and it was empty. And I, I did, did you read any of the reviews before we did this? No, I didn't. I yeah. did. You know, I, I don't like to be... I don't either. So you know, I, d- I never read reviews if I can help it, unless it's been out for a long while. So, I, you know, I'm sure we're not going to be the only ones. And if anybody doesn't totally pan this, it's because they're trying to be respectful to the grand dame of all things, Meryl, you know, who so... Who really can sing, but the character... Well, then just do a concert, and we would have gone I, to watch. You know... Yes, I I think you should just really go by the soundtrack to this movie. It's she looks a, good a in black soundtrack. jeans. I, you know, everybody, by the way, I would just like to say that everyone should only wear black jeans. You should never wear any other color because and, she looks great in black jeans. But for example, this is how weak the script is. Um, it is saddled with exposition. Yep. You don't really see direct confrontations. Information is repeated. Yep. It feels ad infinitum where we can see that the daughter is depressed. We don't have to hear three conversations in a row about how the daughter is depressed. Um, Audrey McDonald, point, sadly, actually. is one of the people who does not get to sing, even though she just played Billie Holiday on Broadway. And what have we seen her in? Private practice. Yes, she and Mamie Gummer exactly. are related through Shonda Rhimes. Yes, because, exactly. of course, Mamie Gummer was on the Grey spinoff Off the Map. Off the Map. I yes, didn't know that. it was pitched as Grey's Anatomy in the jungle. Huh. It lasted a season. Yes, but I saw her and I thought, oh, great, she's a doctor because somebody's going to get sick. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and by the way, even the little signs in the kitchen that told us who she was when she wasn't there were ridiculous. It you was know, too much. It was much. just, mu- yeah, it was too, too. Everything was too, too. Every character yep. was a caricature, yep. except for Rick Springfield playing the aging rocker. Right. The other thing, I wanted to finish up on what wasn't wrapped up. Okay, did he still love her or didn't he? 
And what got those two together to begin with? So here she has three adult children who apparently are so irate at her. They can't even be civil when she comes into the room when she hasn't seen them in years. But you end the movie with all of those three children suddenly magically popping up on stage to sing with their mother. See, you know, you have clearly not been around sort of dysfunctional families as much as I have been. But have you ever then all just yes. wrapped it up in a bow and yes. sung together yes. on stage? I didn't find that bad at all. And I actually found that one of the more believable things... Look, you can be filled with rage of the at the history of one's life, but then there is a moment of time at some event or other where you all just sit and laugh together in a way that, and it's gone. It's it's gone in a heartbeat. Like the minute that song was over, they would have gone back to normal. And all the snooty toots who are just glaring at her at the wedding, right. all of a sudden, which have by to the way, it looked as if dance. it was Greenwich, Connecticut, not it looked not like as the if the Connecticutians yeah. from Auntie Maine yeah, who were just exactly. appalled. So while I sat there thinking, if I were a script doctor on this movie, how would I try to fix it? As you know, I've been posting my favorite foreign films yes. one a week, and and the one you posted today, by the way, just got a big boost in Twitter. I love that movie. What is the movie? The Secret of Their Eyes. Okay, the well, you know what? Movie. Everybody needs to take a look at it because everyone's talking about her her post I'm not there. sure how I feel about the remake but two of the movies that I've posted the first was after the wedding that was a movie where it was so brilliantly done where there is a wedding there is an interesting past between the characters there is no exposition and everything comes in so naturally in such an intriguing way where you don't know what's going to happen unlike this movie who wrote the script you know and what else? For this one? Yes. Diablo Cody, who wrote Juno. Oh. Other movie that I wanted to compare it to on my favorite foreign films list is Broken Circle Breakdown, where that incorporated music into the movie beautifully, where you had a band, and they didn't have to be a world-famous band that had sold a lot of albums, but it showed their love of the music. It showed them as such a tight unit. Day after day, I'm more confused. Day after day, I'm more confused. <laughs> now, who wrote? You probably don't even know the song. I think that would be a script note on the screenplay rain. of Ricky and the Flash. If you look at the body of work of Kevin Klein, mm -hmm. and you look at the body of work of Meryl Streep, I and already her, her daughter and that fabulous bartender, my little Ben Platt, mm -hmm. you know what? Everybody's entitled to a misstep. We've all had them. And I just want to say, I give you that. I give you the misstep, and we won't ever speak of this again on any other podcast. That's our pact here tonight, okay? Well, to be honest with you, it didn't even occur to me that this could have gone the way it did. I, I was know. so excited yeah, for the Yeah, maybe movie. that's why we're so so negative right now, it's too. It's opening night. Yeah. And, you know, here's Meryl Streep, who's so dedicated to her craft, that when she starred in Music of the Heart, she learned to play the violin. It didn't it's a occur misstep. to me. Yeah that with all of these people behind the movie, that the screenplay got through in the shape that it did. Um, it shouldn't have gotten through. It was... Yeah. It torpedoed the movie. It did. Mm -hmm. It did. It, because but, well, it wasn't was there. just the screenplay, though. Uh, you know, it just... Uh, it, it was poorly directed. It was. But I do hope to see Mamie Gummer again Exactly. Good Wife. She's very good, yeah. And we will definitely be back for Meryl's yes. new movie about and the And you know what? Everyone's entitled to have a moment where it was just a bit of a misstep. So we wish you all well, and we hope you get enough, make enough money to at least break even, and uh, look forward to see what you're all going to do next. And in honor of Rick Springfield's performance, I thought I would end this podcast with his rendition of Jesse's Girl. Okay, that's really big of you, because <laughs> it'll be the best thing about this podcast. Alistair, I know that you want to just, you know, sing us off into our 50th podcast. Um, okay, goodbye. Ha <laughs>
Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed, it ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I wanna make a mine. And she's watching him with those eyes. And she's loving him with that body, I just know it. It doesn't seem to be a reason to change You know I feel so dirty when they start talking cute I wanna tell her that I love her but the point is probably Cause she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving him with that body I just know it And he's holding her in his arms Thank you.